Hello and welcome to Integral Teaching, presented by teachingintothefuture.com. My name is Diane Walters, and I've got a series of podcasts based on what I call the unfinished lesson, leaving room for the students. Let's get right to it. I've been thinking about what it means to hold space for our students in a way that is authentic and real. We hold space for others when we hold space for ourselves. It always has to come from our own inner authenticity and our own ability to work with our inner lives. And so on that note, when I first became a teacher, I was a Waldorf teacher, I got into the practice of saying a verse or a meditation before the day started putting the cloak of my own personal life, the concerns of my family, the needs of others in a way that weren't related to the classroom. I left them at the door. And I picked up the professional hat that every teacher picks up when they come into their classroom and then they open the door to the students. But to help me do that, I found that a meditation or a poem was absolutely essential. It really got me into a mood because by working with the power of poetry, we remember what it means to be human. And it gives us the courage that other people have walked the path and talked the talk that we're talking and that we're aiming for in a way of working with meaningful social change. And on that note, a book that came my way by a colleague called Teaching with Fire is a collection of poetry that sustains the courage to teach by Sam Intreater and Megan Scribner, who are the editors of this collection. It became something that I ended up gifting to other teachers over the years. So let me start with one of the poems in here called To Look at Anything. To look at anything, if you would know that thing, you must look at it long. To look at this green and say, I have seen spring in these woods, will not do. You must be the thing you see. You must be the dark snakes of stems and ferny plumes of leaves. You must enter in to the small silences between the leaves. You must take your time and touch the very peace they issue from. That was by John Moffat. The other thing I tried to do most days was to take a moment of silence just to myself before I opened the door, went out to greet my students, and to take that moment and ask this question, how do I really reach my students today? Which was the honest question that I think every teacher hopes for. That was paired usually with, what do I need to listen to? And it was just done as an open-ended reflection or meditation in the morning. How do I reach my students and what do I need to listen to? And it was interesting because for many years, I knew where my students were coming from. I knew their home environment and often knew their parents. It was a tight-knit school. But as I went on to work with a homeschooling organization called Self-Design High, I didn't know so much about my students, and I had too many students to know everything about them from grade 10 to grade 12. But it's really good to know where our students are coming from 
and what their home environment is. And if I didn't know, I needed to remember to ask. Because that's when we hold space for our students. We offer ourselves to be a container for this experience that they're having of us and their experience they're having of school. And the more centered and grounded we are inside of ourselves, the better. It's like our steadiness allows our students to lean into us for support and our quiet presence can provide an environment in which they can be free to think, to live, and to move. To do this, I know in the past I've talked about working with earth, air, fire, and water, and I know that sounds airy-fairy, but really gave me that picture of when do they need me to be a rock, and when do they need me to be air, and when do they need me to be more enthusiastic and more like fire. And how do I be water for them so I can flow past their own anxieties? So we can help our students by being responsive to them. Not by first being ourselves, but leaving our cloak of ourselves at the doors, I said, and moving into being any one of the four elements. Being what they need us to be. And by being aware and open, this level of holding space, requires humility and conscientiousness. It's an ability to step out of the way and for us to honestly understand that this is not about us, our lesson or our goals for the students. It's about acknowledging our connections and how close we all are as human beings. Instead of working with what separates us, teacher, student, school, home, learning the known and the unknown, what I know, what they don't. All of those separations can leave a gulf between ourselves and our students. But working with the connections and how close we all are works with the sense of belonging, which we all need and want and love. I began to see that every student that we meet and learn from and connect with is part of our human family. So most teachers are adept at seeing the big picture. We've got our unit block plan. We've got our main lesson, whatever you call it. We've got our big goals, the big idea behind the practice of education. And we can get caught up in the hectic pace of all of that, of assessments, of reports, of delivery. And we feel compelled in a way to immediately distinguish what is important and what is not important. That assessment is an easy one to make when we're mired in the daily grind of our classrooms, our school life, or our home environment, if you're a homeschooling parent. But everything relating to student success seems significant, and everything else seems comparatively trivial. But I realize that what is most precious in this life, in our classrooms, and in our hearts, cannot be measured in success or influence. It's really the noteworthy events in our classrooms are often the least seen or the least momentous, and yet they can be the most meaningful. They're the magical moments in which we're connecting with our students through inquiry, personalized assistance, or having a light bulb moment in the classroom, which can be spontaneous. 
And to experience those fully, we need to open ourselves to their existence. These moments are not measured by what goes into it as a recipe, but rather by our actions and reactions to it. Since these moments come and go really quickly, they need to be noted and savored. And they stick with us when we recognize the impact they've had on our mood and our day and our lives. And in recognizing such moments, we find that we've evolved a little bit as people and that our students have also evolved around us and or have changed in some positive way. I think of a teacher I know in Vancouver, British Columbia, who is a teacher librarian in one of the largest high schools in Vancouver. And she told me a story a number of months ago about a student in the school who has a behavioral designation and who was a spinner. He couldn't sit in a desk and he constantly twirled himself into a spin, often resulting in his removal from all the classes to the library. So after some time in the library, Denise began to see past his belligerent attitude and classroom behavior. She thought his level of intelligence was off the chart, but he didn't have a gifted designation. She began the process cooperatively with the vice principal to have him tested for gifted status. And she told me that he came out in the 99th percentile. So holding space for this student didn't stop there, however. I called her today to review the story that she told me in the fall, and she said that she went to visit him at his home last week. Thank you for listening to Integral Teaching, presented by Teaching Into the Future, and I hope to see you again. If I piqued your interest, it would really help if you would rate my show either by a like or giving me your personal rating. I'm just starting out here, and I've got a whole lot more for you. So stay tuned for my next podcast.